Have you ever sent a text to someone you thought you were sending it to that person, but you mm-hmm. sent it to someone else? I sent oh. one about a guy I was dating to him. Oh. It was mm-hmm. about him. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be for my friend, but it went to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, one of those awkward things mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. whoops. I did that, and then and then I had a fight with a friend and asked my sister, you know, you know, for, for, for her advice. I sent a friend that I had been fighting with. Did anybody help her solve the situation? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, technology. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about what I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about what I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now. So, okay, so welcome to Mental Health Moment. I'm Emily, and with me tonight I have a couple guests. Um, I'm really excited that the one reached out, and um, this is Heather, and I will have her introduce herself and just kind of say a little bit about her, and then um, I'll have our other guest introduce herself a little bit too. So go ahead and just talk. Okay, Um, I'm Heather, and I... Um, work in special education. I teach to the five-year-olds who have special needs. Um, I was likely born or had a brain injury between zero to two years old. I was diagnosed when I was uh, 21. So I kind of tried to use that to help other people and share my, my, my experiences and hopefully for the benefit of others. Cool. And so tonight we're going to talk specifically about a key piece of your journey, and that is uh, how you have your journey with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then our next guest, she is a friend of Heather's. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Camille Kennard, and I'm Heather's friend, but I'm also a clinical social worker, and I have a lot of passion for this subject. Um, I'm a health and wellness coach as well as so- a social worker, and one of the things I love to do is help people love themselves and make peace with their bodies and like who they are. So I'm excited about this topic. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, you know, in previous podcasts, we just had me and Laura. Laura is out of town right now. So she's, she's in New York seeing Broadway plays. And so I hate her right now. <laughs> um, and but, that is justified. Right. <laughs> but I'll get over it. Uh, but I have some really cool guests. Um, to hang out with me. So cool. Um, so Heather, for you, let's just talk a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. Um, you. So like I said, um, I likely sustained a brain injury between zero to two years old. I wasn't diagnosed till I was 21 and I was in my uh, third year of college. Usually when people hear that, the first thing they ask is, well, why didn't you know sooner? Mm. And, um, to be honest, my parents, they, they got me a lot of help. We went to a lot of different uh, doctors and specialists, but ultimately, I think it just just wasn't the right time. And you know, when it was the right time, kind of the pieces kind of came together and kind of took my life in a uh, different course. But with having a, a brain injury, um, one of the really big things is that. For me, it wasn't like I had a coma and then, well, and then I woke up and I had to learn things. It was more that I didn't learn a lot of things in the first place. Uh-huh. Not because people didn't teach it to me, but my brain didn't make all the connections. I didn't learn it from just observing. It had to be really specifically taught and directed and re- and reviewed. And so 
Um, growing up, I helped my mom cook, lots of things related to that, but I didn't necessarily grasp the whole concept of, of uh, eating well when I went away to college. Mm-hmm. My parents uh, were living in Asia, that was where I went to high school, and so when I started college, I kind of gained the uh, uh, the freshman 20, and being only five feet tall, there wasn't really a lot of place for that to go. There was no way yeah. to try to hide it. And um, love the people in Asia. And when I went home for Christmas, and my face had had broken out too, so that was awesome. Yay! Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, and bless those those people's hearts. Um, so they said things like, "Wow, you've gotten fat," or "Wow, you know, like you are really chubby." And I was devastated. Um, and so, for you to kind of, um, I mean, just hear that message. Sounds like repeatedly. It was a couple times, but okay. that was enough. <laughs> Usually that is, right? So yeah. um, what kind of, from there, kind of tell me about how that kind of propelled into, into my challenges. eating disorder yeah. and that part. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it, it hurt really bad. And um, another big part of the brain injury is that... Uh, is that you have a lot of, ang- of of anxiety and you have really strong emotions. And now my emotions have kind of leveled out, you know, but at that time I was either feeling really great or I was feeling really low and really uh, passionate. So it was kind of like a two-part feeling, like, like I'm on, I was devastated. On the other hand, it was like, okay, this is never going to happen again so I'm exercise a lot I'm gonna and I'm not gonna eat a lot and then I'll just never you know like gain weight so I'll never have to feel that way again mm-hmm. so I need to do some kind of dumb things <laughs> yeah. that I wouldn't do again <laughs> so when we are talking about kind of those dumb things um and Camilla if you could kind of share your clinical experience with mm-hmm. that what kind of things should people know so that if they have a loved one who's maybe dealing with some challenges related to eating disorders or that kind of thing, what do we need to be aware of or what do we need to look for? Or maybe if we're dealing with stuff ourselves and we don't know really if it's gotten out of hand or not. I mean, where's that line? What do we look for? So I think the things that I've noticed most in the clients I work with is really extreme thinking about themselves, like how Heather was talking about really self-deprecating thoughts and feelings of I'm I'm not enough the way I am. And so there's a lot of that kind of language that you'll hear people talk about or um, comparing themselves to other people. So I think those kinds of things, and then as well as like um, when they're really keeping themselves from, you can notice that either they're really picky about their food or they're just kind of picking at the food or they, or they shun the food as it is. So just kind of being um, very particular about what they will and won't eat. Um, and not for any reason, like, you know, a dietary reason, like they have an allergy or something. I've also noticed that some of the girls I've worked with will pat their food, you know, making sure they get all the fat out of it. Right. So kind of being very particular about food and then, um, being very anxious around food, right. Where they're agitated when it comes to eating and, um, being, being uncomfortable in social situations where they have to eat in front of other people. So I think that, um, that was a big one, uh, for me, you know, like if I was at a group setting and they were serving like an ice cream uh, sandwich or cookie and I maybe didn't want one, but then I thought, 
But then what if I don't take one and then they say something and then like, what will I say? And the thought of, okay, how is that going to go? Like that made me nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well then I'll just take it, but then I won't finish it. Cause then what if I get fat, you know, from it, but like, like, like you said, um, a social setting was nervous cause it was like, okay, well, if I don't do this, then what's going to happen? And then how will I respond? Um, and and uh, also, too, you know, this was just, like, for about a year, but there was kind of, like, a backwards thinking mm-hmm. because kind of all I knew about not gaining weight was, okay, you exercise more and you eat less, <laughs> but I couldn't quite find the right balance for that. And so sometimes if I would go to bed and I would be starving, but I was like, oh, good, I didn't eat too much, so I'm not going to get fat today. So, you know, it was mm-hmm. a good day. And looking back, I mean, that was mm-hmm. really twisted. But that was kind of my logic, and that was mm-hmm. I knew it was oh, was okay. You mm-hmm. eat more, or you eat less, and then you exercise more, and then you won't get fat. Mm-hmm. And it well, what I've seen in kind of my clinical experience too is is there's such that fear with that anxiety. Fear and definitely that fear, drove me. Yeah, and that fear of just constantly trying to, um, you know, like in your case, like not get fat or not mm-hmm. not gain weight, and so that fear is is it can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it can drive a lot of stuff. Yeah. And just um, going back to that, yeah, like there were a couple times, you know, when I would have a cookie and, a cookie and I wouldn't finish it and I would like flush it down the uh, toilet, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm definitely not proud of this, but but like there were times, you know, when I have to, when I, when I have to, have to like, okay, you know, flush, 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 because it wouldn't flush. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there was a part of me that, you know, wanted to just stop because I knew that it was wrong and whatnot. But then the part of me was like, oh, but if it stops, then I have to give up the control. And then what happens if I'm not in control? And having said all this, anyone who was listening who does know me, these, these were choices that I made. You know, there were things I did. I'm not proud of them necessarily, but I don't regret them because it helps me to help, uh, other people. But it wasn't from anything that anyone said or did or that didn't, didn't do. It was just, things I did in my life. And like I said, it's, you know, things I did, it was on me. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, when you say that, you know, there, there are a lot of choices that go into people's journey with an eating disorder. You know, they may choose to exercise excessively or restrict their food or, or even like take laxatives or anything like that to kind of get rid of, of some of that fear of gaining weight. But, um, like in your experience with your stuff, when you did try to get rid of the food, either by flushing it or doing that, Mm -hmm. did the fear ever really go away? No, it was just, no, it was just like, okay, well, you know, it was a big cookie and I didn't eat all the cookie. So that was a good thing. You know, it was, it was kind of like a very small, very narrow win, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did you know when you, when it had gone too far or um, when you needed help? Uh, there, uh, there were, um, uh, a few, uh, turning points. So like, um, my most, uh, extreme year, uh, was my sophomore year of college. And I guess by some miracle, I actually managed to still, uh, live a really full life. Like I still, had a job. I went to classes. I had friends. I, I dated, which, which, uh, looking back, um, that was a, a huge uh, blessing. And then, um, 
And then I kind of, I, I stopped a lot of my bad uh, habits after year because by the end of year, I was just like, I am exhausted. Like, this is too much work, mm-hmm. you know, but the fear, like I said, it was, uh, it was, uh, still there. And, um, the next year, my parents, um, uh, took me to meet a neuropsychologist and that diagnosed, uh, my injury. And so that gave me another, uh, means of support, some that I could really, uh, open uh, talk about and, and someone t- also who was qualified to help me work through these, uh, kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, my oldest niece, she was 12 at the time and we were looking at a magazine. I wasn't even like vulgar, it was just like an ad for, uh, Walmart or Target or a thing like that. And she would just said, I can't people just be satisfied with the way that they are. And I loved her dearly. I still do. And I thought, wow, I'm setting a really bad example for her. If she's 12 and she is, and she is already aware of this, then wow, what does that, you know, mean for me and for her? So that kind of even motivated me, uh, further to make, uh, to make some better choices. It didn't shake the fear, but it did help me start to uh, treat my, uh, my body better. And then I think the biggest uh, turning point was when I was talking to my therapist slash neuropsychologist and just kind of putting it all together one day, just spilling out the whole, uh, story. Um, and, uh, and we talked about this, um, many times over the years and he was aware and he kind of kept an eye on me and, and whatnot and make sure I didn't you know, really go over the edge, which was great. Um, and I said, wow, this has been really hard for you. And I'm sure people had said that before in some parts, but it was, it was the first time that I ever really heard, wow, this has been hard. And it meant a lot to me because, um, a, uh, someone was acknowledging that it was a battle and it kind of helped me to feel better about myself and, and realizing I could kind of forgive myself and not just, well, you did some really dumb things, but man, it was hard, but you know, you worked hard and you are getting through it. And that just kind of helped me to kind of be like, oh, so someone gets what it's been like. And, and I think in this day and age, it's easy to, uh, to think, you know, like you, you gained weight. That is not a big deal. And yes, are there worse things in this world than, than gaining 20 pounds. Yes. But the person who is living, it's very real and it's very painful. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just saying, just get over it. You know, you are not fat, just eat. But, but when you are living, it's kind of like a battle that you carry around with you. And it doesn't just, just go away because someone says, you're not fat. Will you just eat this? You know, I, I think you could say it probably five or 10 times, but until you kind of get that acknowledgement of, wow, you are really having a hard time and how can I help? Mm-hmm. That kind of, I think, starts to help you see another perspective. So when people maybe would try to confront it in, in how would I say it? More of like a, just like a, no, this is how it is. You're not fat. This mm-hmm. is a, that didn't seem to be helpful. Yeah, and 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 to be fair, I really didn't talk about it with very many people. Uh-huh. I just kind of kept it to myself. So there weren't really a whole lot of opportunities like like that. But I just remember when I did feel validated, it was like, oh well, this this feels different. 
I was just kind of thinking about kind of some of the underlying things that that I myself have dealt with um, because I've had body image issues um, and I've also lost some some weight and I felt like that was um, a big concern for me as well growing up. Yeah, so. and just just uh, while we're talking, I was thinking, wow, it's so nice to know that that you are not alone in this. I mean, that mm-hmm. that that no one is alone. So yeah. you know, I mean, and. This room and also for the people, you know, who, who are listening, there's power in knowing that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Go on. I just wanted to and add that. I, no, I think that's wonderful. And I think really when you think about that, we all have things that we, that we have as p- patterns of thought in our heads that are not good for us or not healthy for us. And so when I think about people that are dealing with body image or eating issues, you know, there's a lot of, like, I think of the underlying reasons, you know, what, why do I not want to be called fat? Is that is that a fear of people are going to not like me? Is that a fear of I'm not going to be loved? Is that a fear of, I mean, all the different fears and thoughts that people have about when you start thinking in a certain direction, um, you know, those negative thoughts about yourself, what the underlying thing is, does this mean I'm not of value? I'm not of worth. Mm-hmm. If I look like this or if I act like this, then this is this means this challenges my my being of who I am and, and my worthiness in the world and all of us as human beings want to feel like people care about us. We're connecting, we're, we're worth something. Um, and then you mentioned too, like feeling control in some area of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, when they lose a sense of control, maybe other things are happening that are, that are really difficult or frustrating in their life. They start saying, you know, I'm going to control at least one thing and I can control how much I eat or I can control mm-hmm. how much I exercise and mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So it's really um, intriguing to me for us to be something I love to teach my clients is self-compassion for us to be really kind to ourselves, you know, to think about what would you say to your best friend if your best friend came to you and said, you know, I've been dealing with this eating disorder where I've done Mm -hmm. this, this, and this, you'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, this is tough. And, and I want to help you through this and being kind to ourselves to say, you know, all of us have thoughts that are, um, not healthy for us. Thoughts that, that kind of keep us in, in a path that isn't where we want to be, but to be compassionate with ourselves and say, you know what, this is a journey and I'm learning and I'm growing and I want to accept myself. I think that's one of the biggest things is people being able to get to a point where, they just accept who they are with their warts and flaws and whatever, you know? I mean, I think that um, if women can see their individual beauty, I think that's that's really important for them to be able to value themselves for who they are rather than a stereotype of what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. or trying to control not being something that they think there's a negative uh, connotation about, you know? so. Yeah. And I really love what you said um, about, you know, embracing the journey and looking at Mm -hmm. as a journey there there's not really a finish line it's just this this continuing journey of learning how to love ourselves and learning to be okay with ourselves Mm -hmm. and some days are going to be better than others and I think just awareness of okay this day like when looking back at the day and you can be like oh I wasn't very kind to myself and that's okay Mm -hmm. because we're human Mm -hmm. and we get to be human and we get to have these days where we're like yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> but then we can always know that the journey's not over. It just keeps mm-hmm. going. And we can mm-hmm. learn from that, and we can grow from that, and we can continue on. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is my uh, fifth year of uh, teaching at my school. And a couple 
years ago, I was working with a first-year teacher, and a couple of weeks into the year, she asked me, so how do I do this? How do, how do I get to where you are, to where you make it through the school day successfully? And I said, you just keep stepping. It's not giant leaps. It's not jumps. You just keep stepping. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you look back and you realize, oh, hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't... You, you, you don't even realize it. So it's not leaps and bounds. It's the small steps, but that you keep stepping and that you battle for yourself. Mm. Cause if you don't, who, you know, who is going to go to battle for you? I mean, there are people that will go to battle with you, but you have to accept the challenge, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So where in your journey did you really, kind of feel like you were advocating for yourself and and battling for yourself like not just coming at it from okay I have all these support people around me I have my therapist I have my family mm-hmm. and they're rallied around and they're supportive and awesome but when was it for you that you're like I got this I'm doing this yeah um I don't know if I don't know if there was a specific moment but I do have a few key moments that that come to mind so um also uh, as part of the brain injury, um, hand-eye coordination is not good. Um, pretty much anything with the ball, we have a hard time with. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, like, uh, like, um, I, I am the, uh, person, um, who you're playing softball, I'm on my next strike, I'm like, guys, just let me go, I promise, <laughs> You know, I'm not going to be crushed, and 10 strikes is not going to make a difference. Um, uh, but uh, uh, I had a friend, and she was a, a runner. One time she said, hey, you know, do you want to come to Moab? And we're going to spend the weekend at this uh, guest home, and there's going to be a 10K, and it'll be fun. And I had never run a race. No, sorry. I had done, like, two 5Ks, but I was like, oh. It's Moab. There's a guest house. Sure, that sounds fun. So I did a 10K, and I was not really prepared. (laughs) And I was sore, sore, um, uh, but I was hooked. Mm -hmm. And, And for me, it was like, well, I can run because if I finish a race and if I, you know, don't die, then, hey, it's a win. <laughs> Success. And yes, yes. Um, and so I kind of got hooked on that and it was really satisfying uh, for me to be, to, to be able to do something that kind of involved my body, something that I could really feel mm-hmm. uh, good about doing. And I was not the fastest runner uh, by any means. Um, my last marathon I did before I broke my leg. Um, I finished second to last. Last time I was, I was all alone. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but I did it. And so, and it, it was kind of um, very satisfying to find something new that I could be good at enough to uh, to uh, finish. Um, and I finished uh, grad school and I got a great job uh, of teaching. So I think a lot of it was just finding things that I cared about more than not getting fat. Mm-hmm. And finding other ways that I could kind of occupy and fill up my life that were more rewarding and more mm-hmm. uh, healthy, and that's kind of, kind of uh, faded, I guess, by just putting other parts into my life. Mm-hmm. 
that I could awesome. appreciate. Yeah. And as you were saying, you know, you found something to do with your body. I saw Camille like nodding like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about kind of that whole principle of really kind of shifting? Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people, um, we tend to think in all or nothing terms when it comes to our health. You think of the first of the year when everyone goes to the gym and then mm-hmm. after a while they kind of back off and um, just that whole principle of being moderate with ourselves and allowing it to be a journey, a process. Um, I, I love that. I love that, that Heather was able to actually see that taking care of your body feels really great and it's healthy for your body. Mm. So for a lot of my clients, I'm helping them when they've dealt with diets and they've, and they've tried exercise programs and I'm, I'm trying to help them get to a point where they're saying, you know what? I want to take care of myself because I love myself, not because I need to be a certain size Mm -hmm. or I need to be at a certain Mm -hmm. fitness level or because no one will like me if I, if I don't do this, you know, it's more, I feel great when I go out and do that run. It feels really good to my body to move it. And, and the benefits of joyful movement. So that's, I love joyful movement. Like if your joyful movement is gardening or it's, you know, spending time with your kids or whatever your movement that you do, that's joyful for you rather than being really hard on yourself. It's doing something you love. I have a client that was, um, she was in her sixties and she said, I really don't like to do anything that's moving. That's exercise. And we talked about it and she said, you know what? I do love music though. And I love to dance. And so I said, okay, every day at four o'clock, let's turn on the radio and you're going to do some dancing. So I think it's that whole thing of noticing what you put in your life and what it does for your mental health, Uh which is huge. I mean, I really feel like moving our bodies, eating good food, all of that. It does a ton. I mean, probably even more for our mental health than it does our physical health because it helps us to think more clearly. It helps us to feel good about ourselves Mm -hmm. um, and just be able to, you know, continue to deal with our stress in appropriate ways. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I I love that, that you were able to kind of transition from a really negative outlook on yourself Mm -hmm. to this is something... I've been hurting my body, but now I can do something that actually gives my body a relief and is helpful to my body. And it feels good. And it feels great. And it's, and it's good for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and doing things in moderation. That's what I try to help my clients understand. If you eat a cookie, that's okay. If you, if you do a 5k, but you don't do a marathon, that's okay. You know, it's, it's it's whatever fits for you in your journey of wellness. What feels, feels good to your body. And for most of us, there's something that we can do that, brings that hope and light to our lives that makes us feel happy and joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you were able to experience yes. that. That's really cool. Yeah. And, um, and for, for like today, um, uh, I need a lot of structure to kind of stay on track. And a lot of that is the way that my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I try not to buy too much fresh food at once. Cause otherwise we're going to be naked. be like, Oh my gosh, I have fridge full of food. What if I can't eat it all the time? You know? So, so just like being mindful of how much I buy and when I buy it, um, I would love to have like meals delivered to my house, but that costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but I do do like a meal planning where I get recipes every week. So like, okay, great. I can make this, you know, I, I, I can work with this. Um, uh, and then, uh, for times when I could afford it at the gym, I would get a trainer so I would know what to do. Um, my sister called it taking taking exercise lessons, and it's kind of <laughs> true, you know. You know, but it helped me to not get overwhelmed and to have a plan. So for me to have 
structure and not so rigid that it's okay. It has to be like this every single day, but just kind of some guidelines mm. so that I don't freak out and I feel in control and it's not the negative kind of control. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's more of that control of advocating for yourself and embracing yes. your body and what your body's doing with you instead of against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you so much more time to really think about other things because there's really a lot of great things mm-hmm. going on in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sad when it's controlled by fears or food or other anxieties mm-hmm. or issues. You know, I do have to say just a super side note, but I love on your Facebook post how you always hashtag yay life. Oh, thanks. And, <laughs> yes. And that is my, it's really That cool. is my thing. Thank you. Yeah, so I just think, you know, for you to cool. approach life with more of a, that positive, again, that advocating like, okay, so I'm working on embracing who I am and, and what life has to offer. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and integrating joyful moments too, oh, not nice. just joyful movement, mm-hmm. but joyful moments. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, and I had to add the the one cause I was on Instagram and on Instagram and I was like, okay, I can't have the hashtag, you know, it has to be all on my own. So that's why I added the one. <laughs> so I was like, yep, it has to be just for me, not sharing hashtags. That's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. Well, I think that is about our time for today, but, um, I'm so glad that we had a chance to yeah, hang out. Yeah, this was fun. Satisfying. Yeah. yeah very great. cool. And we definitely want you back later on down I'd the road. I'd love to come back. And we'll definitely talk about TBIs because mm, there's a lot good. there. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. sure. And Camille, we'd also love to have you back anytime Yeah, that'd be great. Well. I'd love to. Um, so, uh, before we sign off, let's... Let's just get some more info. So, Camille, for people who are interested in kind of what you have to offer in the clinical world, Mm -hmm. how would they find you? So, the name of my company is Flourish Wellness Consulting, Mm -hmm. and you can find me at flourishwellnessconsulting.com or email me at camille at flourishwellnessconsulting.com. Perfect. Thank you. And, Heather, um, any last... Wrapping it up. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I do have an Instagram account that needs to be updated, but now I will be totally, totally motivated to do so. Um, uh, so it is my underscore yay y a y underscore life underscore story at, and it's on on Instagram. Okay. So it's my yay life story, and they four underscores in, in between the words. Okay. Because mm. again, I had to add one that. And we can definitely make sure that we link your oh, okay. Instagram profile That'd be great. with our, a long title. With our Instagram <laughs> okay. profile. So and you awesome. can follow us on Instagram at Mental Health Moment. You can also follow us on Facebook at Mental Health Moment. Um, or you can always just check out our website where we have all of our podcasts emilyknewbold.com and definitely make sure that you're subscribing to us on iTunes so you don't miss a single episode and we'd also like to thank Jonathan Colton for the music. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I feel fantastic and I never felt as good as how I do right now except for maybe when I think about I felt that day when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic and I never felt as good as how I do right now except for maybe when I think about I felt that day when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now.